I told you, all of my critics, I told you all that I was the greatest of all time. Out of handcuffed lightning, throw thunder in jail. Now you know I'm bad. Only last week I murdered a rock, injured a stone, hospitalized a brick. I'm so mean I make medicine sick. The greatest of all time. The greatest of all time. I told you, all of my critics, I told you all that I was the greatest of all time. Am I the greatest of all time? I told you all that I was the greatest of all time. I'm the resurrected, the savior the whole day. Am I the greatest of all time? I'm so hard hit, I'm so scientific. Rich people from all over the world are flying in, the chauffeurs are driving the Cadillacs down. This is the biggest thing in all history. When I'm, when I'm going, Boston is going. What up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 120 of the Pound for Pound King of Boxing podcasts. The Tale of the Tape. I'm Kenny Keith, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Vince Cummings. What up, Ben? Ken, in honor of uh, Max Kellerman's brilliant, brilliant commentary <laughs> during the fights on Saturday night, I'd just like to say that I think Lomachenko is a mix between, let's say, uh, Willie Pep and Roy Jones Jr., and he's probably the third best pound-for-pound fighter in the history of boxing. Oh, is it safe to say that now? Oh, safe to say. Max says so, right? I would say he's more of a mix of Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris. (laughs) I mean, honestly, I think that's a more fair uh, over-exaggeration. Could the uh, comparisons and pound-for-pound list (sighs) talk have gotten any more egregious? That that was the worst it's ever been, I think. Dude, they came out of the gates with it. They didn't even let the fight happen yet. Wow, one of the most brilliant performances that we've seen by a boxer is going on. They, They... they're acknowledging it, yes, with the pound-for-pound pound talk and all that shit, but they're not paying. It's like, are you paying attention? Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, clearly not. No. Clearly not. I uh, don't know what to say. Let's go to the script. Yeah. Let's go to the script. Jesus. All right, so we'll get to Roman Rocky Martinez versus Vasily Lomachenko for the WBO Junior Lightweight Championship from Madison Square Garden. Felix Verdejo in the co-feature. Ruslan Provodnikov versus John Molina on Showtime. Demetrius Andre, Willie Nelson. Joining the party and uh, one of our favorite up-and-comers, uh, a banger named Dijon Zlati Cannon, taking on Franklin Mamani, plus a free uh, preview. And uh, I guess it is a free view. Um, <laughs> the PBC on NBC, Andrew Funfar versus uh, Joe Smith. Primetime boxing, baby. Yeah. Um, University of Maryland graduate, number one draft pick, Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Joe Smith. Juan Carlos Payano versus Ra- uh, Rishi Warren. 
Erickson Lubin versus Daniel Sandoval and some announcements, Klobotsky, Usyk, the cruiserweight division, Deontay Wilder, and of course, your boy, Jay Leon Love. Oh, he's back, baby. Headline. Headline in the tail of the tape. That is the worst fight. I, 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 if you think that is a good fight, I don't understand what you're... <laughs> Jay Leon Love versus Julio... Julio. Yeah, I might as well call him Julio. Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Give me a, give me a break. Julio. <laughs> All right, you're tuned in to the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast. Follow Vince Cummings at Vince Cummings 81. Follow myself at Kenny Keith Jr. And, of course, follow the Boxing Rant at the Boxing Rant. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes today. If you have not subscribed already, hit us up on iTunes, Spreaker, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and, of course, the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. Drop us a line, podcast at theboxingrant.com. We appreciate all of you taking time out of your busy schedules to join us for episode 120. HBO, Madison Square Garden Theater, Roman Rocky Martinez coming off of back-to-back epic showdowns against Orlando Salido, who was in the clear fight of the year leader in the clubhouse as things stand today, Orlando Salido. Um, Vasily Lomachenko loses to Salido in his second career fight. We know the pedigree. We know the legend of Lomachenko. The diehards know him well. Moving up to 130 pounds to take on Roman Rocky Martinez. Then in the preview show, we had talked a little bit about how the size of Martinez, um, the tough fights that he's been in, would give him an ability to take this to the distance. So much so that the largest bet that I placed that evening was on the over for this fight. And re- Usually fights are just a generic nine and a half, over under nine and a half. Right. This one was ten and a half. And it's because Lomachenko's not a finisher. He's never been one. Right. But the result of this fight, um, Roman Rocky Martinez, I don't know if it was weight issues. Those, that clearly became an excuse in the post-fight. Of course. Uh, fell victim. We said that he would get sliced and diced. We said it would be Yan Ken Cook <laughs> reincarnated with a Ukrainian and a Puerto Rican. Vasily Lomachenko put on a master class, and I could not help. When, and we have been big fans. We've talked about him a lot, Vince. But I could not help thinking to myself after that fight was over and the way that it ended um, that we had just witnessed the best fighter on the planet doing the deal. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right with you, man. I just I just remember after the fight was over, just sitting there like, When's the last time I've seen a boxer do what he did in the ring with his footwork, his ability to move around the target? Well, with Lomachenko, it's not called movement; it's called teleportation. Yeah, yeah it's it's ridiculous, man. I, it, it's something out of a uh, out of a comic book. I, I it's, nobody in boxing does what he does. I, I'm sorry. I, to me, it's you, you could take his ability, what he does in this sport, put it up against anybody. I don't care what his resume is. Or what you think he is, he doesn't deserve to be on pound for pound list because he hasn't beaten anybody. I mean, if you want to be honest about it, the, the kid's been in seven fights and he has fought for two titles. He has done more in the history of amateur boxing than anybody could ever dream. More gold medals than amateur losses. I mean, it, the guy's a freak. He, and you can tell he absolutely loves the sport. That's the best part about it. He, is, he wants to perfect this craft and he is damn close. Damn close. Dude, you made an... Is that perfection? It is. It is. You, you know, dude, you made the perfect comparison. The perfect analogy was when you're about to watch a Vasily Lomachenko fight, to understand what you're watching, you literally have to plug yourself into the Matrix. Yeah, you're right. You do, man. I, it's something that... 
you really have to focus on every aspect of what he does as a fighter because I'm sorry, man, there's just not too many guys out there. There's not any, really. Maybe a couple. Chocolatito, but not on the same level of athleticism. No, no. Uh, uh, of skill-wise and, and, and performing the same moves, but the way that Lomachenko does it is just – he was spinning – 180 degrees plus around the target. Yeah. That's insane. But I don't even know if he was spinning. I, th- I would really think he was teleporting. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, dude, he would disappear and reappear. It was like, dude, he was like a a Marvel X-Men character, yeah. you know, and his superpower was teleportation. I mean, he would just be like, poof, and appear over here. Poof, and appear over here. It's, it's hard not to fanboy a performance like that if you're a boxing fan because you just got to respect what he did. I mean... Obviously, look, everybody's saying after the fight, uh, Rocky Martinez, tailor-made for him. And, yeah, is anybody not tailor-made for him? I mean, it, yeah. Who, yeah. I, I, and I know people will say, well, Salido beat him. Well, let's be honest about what that fight was, honestly. Salido was 25 pounds heavier than him in the ring and in the kid's second professional fight where he had no idea what the physicality of, of pro boxing was yet. And he learned a lesson from one of the dirtiest fighters in the sport. And I, look, he learned his lesson. I look. I, I think that's the next fight in line for him. And I don't know about you, Ken, but I, I, I don't. I don't think that's good news for Salido. After watching that, no, I don't think it is either, man, dude. The way in which this fight ended, and the way that Vasily Lomachenko served up this fifth round knockout was so shocking. It was the most, and I know we've done for the bigger fights this year, we, we, we've done a live show, so our reactions have been, you know, sort of tailored to the moment, uh, tied into the fact that we're, you know, consuming large quantities of Mexican beer <laughs> right. um, while doing the show live. But I'll tell you right now, when he knocked out Rocky Martinez, to me, the, the best comparison, the best analogy for what happened there was basically like a world-class volleyball player, Okay basically setting the setting themselves up and sending the spike to the corner for the kill. I mean, he teed Rocky Martinez's head up with that uppercut, sent his head flying back like a like a, a volleyball setter popping the ball in the air for the person coming up and leaping in the air behind and Lomacheco jumps and just brings that f- oh dude. That wasn't it Misty was, May Trainer. That was that was Vasil Lomachenko. That was Vasil Lomachenko and I'll tell you what, man. When that happened, I jumped up and screamed, knockout of the year. I mean, that was so unbelievable. Dude, it wasn't a flatline knockout, but he was out. That referee could have waved it off right then and there. But I'll tell you what, man, that was precision. That was execution. That was athleticism. That was a move that only, I think, one man in this game can make. It was almost like a Superman punch as his head was flying in the air, met with just devastation. And it was power that I think that served... Vasily Lomachenko well moving up to 130 pounds. Yeah, I think that's one of the things you got to take away from this fight is at, uh, at 130, uh, apparently he has power because, look, uh, Salido fought Martinez twice. Salido's a big puncher, right? Yeah, he, yeah. Drops, he drops plenty of fighters. Oh, yeah. Constantly throwing bombs. Couldn't finish Martinez. Guess who did? Lomachenko. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think that's definitely, I mean, you could say maybe it was a perfect setup, perfect punch, perfect scenario whatever you want to say about it. But I, I'm sorry, you would have to think after watching that fight that at 130 pounds, Lomachenko is going to be a serious problem. 
He is, and I just hope he stays there because Igus Klimas said that they would defend one time and then move up to 135 pounds, which is fine eh. if that's what they're going to do. But there's so many fights that Come are on. that are realistically uh, able to at be made fight, at 130 right, pounds. At least fight Vargas and Salido. Right. Well, there's Takashi Mura. There's Javier Fortuna. Jose Pedraza. Dude, there's so Pedraza, many. too, I'd like to see. Yeah, I'd like to see the Pedraza fight as well. Um I think he could make a run at 130. He could. And yeah, he could he could beat four champions, unify that division. Why not? Yeah. What who's that what, who's that 135 anyways? Uh nobody. That division stinks. Kralla? Kralla, Lenaris, yeah. Zlati Cannon. Yeah. You're getting into some big punchers, but you're not getting into any big names. No, there's you're not, not a lot make of any de- money there. No, there's not a lot of depth and there's not a lot of fighters that actually panned out. I mean, we were expecting Luke Campbell to be challenging for a title at 135. And where where's he at? Uh, it, it, yeah, in that division, he ought to be there. Yeah, it's a serious disappointment that he's not. It is. But uh, look, here's the question. OK, let's take a step back from our just uh, overwhelming, impressive performance by Vasily Lomachenko. And let's ask this question. Is there a hype train behind Lomachenko that the diehards are, you know, just basically uh, over-exaggerating. I mean, are we sitting here hyping this and, and caught in the moment? I don't think we are because even when he's not fighting and other fights are going on, we always talk about Vasily Lomachenko's excellence in the ring. So are we overrating him? No, Ken, because look, that's this is how, and I know you do the same thing. When I view the sport, I let my eyes tell me what, what's going on and yeah. I, and i can just see I, I don't see anything like what he does so yes i'm going to acknowledge acknowledge it as great yeah that was the best boxing performance pure boxing performance i've seen in quite some time yes yes i'm not talking about years and decades but yeah a long time right right well at least as long as we've been doing this show yeah you know at least the last two years um look man uh, vasily lomachenko we've always known that he was an executioner a tactician the guy's so thoughtful, so supremely athletic, so quick to the target, um, can really toy with you in a lot of ways. But I'll tell you what, man, if Vasily Lomachenko is stronger at 130 and he's going to attack in the aggressive style that he did against Rocky Martinez, I don't think that this explosive uh, knockout-of-the-year candidate is a blip on the radar or an aberration by any means. I think that he can sustain this at the higher weight classes. I think that he he has always had the explosiveness and the power and the quickness. Just his hand speed and his accuracy alone and his technique uh, will allow for knockouts. But sometimes he sits there and plays with his food. You know, yeah. he's like, oh, I've had this. I've had this. Does meal that before. a little, did that a yeah. little too much before this he, fight. He's like, uh, lima beans again. And he just sits there and <laughs> stirs it, you know, throws it in his applesauce. Now he's mixing all his food together. He's just like, it's like, dude, you're just playing with your food. Just, finish just it. eat it. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> he ate this one. Ate Rocky Martinez for lunch. With, with dessert. Yes. Ginsu. Those were nice sushi slices. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Lomachenko, whether you believe in pound for pound or not, um, we had him in the top five. Uh, before this fight. That's a skill-based ranking, correct? Um, no, Did Vin, he justify us ranking No, Vin, it's there? based off of magic. It yeah. depends on what cards you have and how good you are at Dungeons & Dragons. You're yeah. probably right. Yeah, well, I, I bet there are some pound-for-pound lists out there that that is the criteria. Um, Vasily Lomachenko, a lot of possibilities on the horizon. We'll see what's next, but he's only 28. I, I mean, I, I know we want to, because of his accomplishments, his accolades, the time spent in the amateurs, you know, we want to like view him as if, oh, his career's winding down. But realistically, with his athleticism and his dude, his ability alone, he could slow down to 
his competition's athletic ability and speed and, and punch speed. His technique will allow him to fight until he's 34, 35 in his prime. A- absolutely. Even longer. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I think we got at least a solid six years of him being in his prime. But, Vince, don't you think for him to become a superstar in this sport, because he has the potential, he has the explosiveness, the buzz created by this knockout was very Manny Pacquiao-esque when Pacquiao was first blasting through and coming on Amongst TV. the diehards. Uh, or not even amongst the diehards, but... Uh, it it the diehards carried it over to people that may just have a little bit of an eye on the right, sport. right. But I think I think Bob Arum is banking that Vasily Lomachenko because he has the ability and the explosiveness to do it. But here here's here's the catchphrase right here. Here is the thing that will inevitably be you know the stick in the spokes that makes you flip over the handlebars. It's not going to ha- he can do this every fight till uh, he decides to retire. Right, six eight years from now. Well, guess what? He will never catch fire. His ability will never be recognized as it should be if he only fights twice a year. It's just not going to happen. And he's been fighting twice a year. They have to. Get, Bob Arum cannot continue to blame HBO for not having enough, enough money to pay this guy because it's Bob Arum that has the contract with Vasily Lomachenko. It's Bob Arum that gave a guy on his fifth fight an eight hundred thousand dollar guarantee for fights. So at yeah. this point in time, it's, it's it's on you as the promoter. Promote your guy. That's a that was a huge mistake by Bob, and he's he's paying for it now because look, he wants to put. Lomachenko on pay-per-view, he says, if, if HBO can't pay for it. Why can't you go out? Why does it only have to be to HBO? I agree. You can't sell Lomachenko to FS1? No. You you can't? You can't? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't understand. I guess not. Well, you you got to be shitting me. Because some of the, sh- the shit MMA cards and the shit fights we see everywhere else, you can't tell me a master negotiator like Bob Arum cannot figure out a way to make a deal with some other network to get him on. I think Bob Arum is being a stubborn old curmudgeon, dude, set in his ways and does not want to realize how things are changing. How does the big dog, the guy that's supposedly the legendary, the, the, the greatest boxing promoter of all time, how has he not figured out that this is a different era? This is a different time. He doesn't realize, look, HBO has gone all in on stars. So they've d- dedicated their budget. Look, if HBO wants to make an idiotic decision and pay, potentially pay Andre Ward $2 million to fight fucking Alexander Brand. Well, guess what? That's HBO's fault. But as you as the promoter, that decision by HBO to invest money in Andre Ward to fight Schleps, that's not your problem. Your problem is Lomachenko. Your problem is Terrence Crawford. Your problem is the guys that are signed to your label. We, you know, people get in the past when we were, when the PBC started up and we were the ones that were saying it was, it was going to end up exactly how it is right now. We were being criticized for not dishing out fair and equal treatment to all those in boxing. Oh, you sweat golden boy. You must be on the payroll. You sweat. Look, the reality of the situation is what it is. It's clear to me that Bob Arum has struggled with the changing climate. And his reaction to it is these old crotchety comments and stubbornness and an unwillingness to cross aisles. No, and look, that's, I think everybody in boxing and the the sport in a whole would be just better off if Bob would just move on. Let Todd DeBuff do it. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've made your mark, Bob. We've had enough. Like you said, he is becoming a crotchety old man. Yeah. I mean, he's still funny, but it's like, dude, are you promoting anymore? Do you even have fight posters for your fights? Yeah, it just to this point at this point in time, it's like, all right, come on, man. There has to be like we like there needs to be a changing of the guard, and we've seen Manny and and Floyd and Cotto and all these guys. Yeah, let's let's every everything needs to change over. Like the whole sport, the sport as a whole, 
Not just the fighters. All the bullshit. Flip it upside down, put it on its head, and see, Why not? and see how it does. Is this is this model working? No. Did you see how many viewers they peaked at? What was it? It was HBO was five eighty five. Oh, that's by, not peak. That was the average. That's by far uh, by far the lowest this year. Showtime four sixty five. Wow. And that, that was a good card for them. That's horrible. If you're at Showtime's level of numbers, you, yes, it is horrible. But he has not promoted his fighter. You can't promote a guy who only has, going into his seventh fight, fights twice a year. I'm sorry. No. I don't care how good he is. And nobody knew who he was until he got here. Yeah, so if Lomachenko does not make it to the heights of his talent that his talent deserves and his ability and his performances in the ring deserve, it's not going to be Vasily Lomachenko's fault because he's in the ring operating as he's supposed to. Because you really think that Vasily Lomachenko gives a damn about who stands in front of him? You Absolutely saw what not. he did to Gary Russell. He no. was supposed to go in there and be scared. You he know what kn- I mean? He knows he's better than everybody. And why? how could you not know? <laughs> <laughs> that is he's, so true. He sits in front of the mirror and he's just like, oh. Look how fast I am. I am the best. <laughs> when I jerk my dick, I can't even see my hand. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah. You know? Um, all right, so Vasily Lomachenko uh, uh, stops Rocky Martinez in five. Explosive um, knockout of the year candidate. We will see. We will always have our eyes here on the tail of the tape, closely uh, tuned in. Most impressive performance of the year so far. No doubt. No doubt about it. Felix Verdejo against Juan Jose Martinez. You know what, Vince? I'll say this. Felix Verdejo did what he was supposed to do and stopped Juan Jose Martinez. Um I'm not sure the fight should have been stopped because he was winging wild punches that were not landing on his opponent. They stopped it anyways. Verdejo looks skittish. He looks unsure on his feet. I feel like his technical ability is regressing. I feel like he doesn't want to mix it up anymore. I'm not impressed with Verdejo. I have, look, Amir Mom, Luke Campbell, guys that we thought highly of that fell off the face of the earth and haven't been around that much. You know what? It's not that surprising because there were definitely flaws in their game and they were exposed for it, right? But with Felix Verdejo, never have we hyped a fighter that has fallen to sort of this level of mediocrity. He's still fighting. Look, I know he's only 22 or, you know, he's very, very young. He's very, very green. But if you're a super elite talent, why are you still fighting? This is I heard people saying this was a C-level fighter. This is a club fighter. This is a a bum fighter that he was supposed to knock out. Why is he still fighting those guys? Well, I would say, why did it take him five rounds to finish this guy? If if he is, I think that's a great a great question. Fair. If if he is as good as the hype was two years ago up to now, he should have finished this guy in two rounds. He should have finished him in the first. He misses way too many punches. I I'm starting to question. And I'm not off the bandwagon yet. I ain't, I'm not doing that yet because, you're like you said, he's only 22 years old. But I'm starting to question the power more than anything. He doesn't sit down on his punches. Even when he lands what you what appears to be a huge shot, a lot of times he's not hurting guys. And I I, I, I don't know what it is. It, it, maybe he's – look, like you said, he's not sitting down. He's not – he's just not balanced. He's, he's moving backwards when he's punching. I don't know. Somebody needs to clean it up because the kid does have power. Yeah. We've seen it. Uh, maybe maybe he's scared to mix it up for a reason, Ken. Uh, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, dude, they're all in with him. So they have to make their money back because they've invested a lot of money up front with him. I, I'd like to know what the numbers were on that deal because that's like signing the best free agent in, in boxing. Yeah. Yeah. It's the number one draft pick in the NFL draft. Yeah. You know, with the guaranteed bonus. Yeah. Regardless. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Verdejo in a in a performance that I don't, 
I didn't come out of it feeling great. Uh, I mean, haven't for the last three now. No, he looked better in this fight performance wise than he did in his last two, but he's still so inconsistent. And when he throws his power punches, it's like sometimes he's on his toes. Sometimes he's on his heels. Sometimes he's like shifting and it hurts his accuracy. What, you know what they always say to Maybe quarterbacks? Maybe nervousness, man. Just relax. I, I, I don't know, man. Dude, it's the same thing with, uh, with NFL quarterbacks. Or even like when we were coming up playing football as kids, right? They used to always tell us. They'd say, if you were playing quarterback or you watch quarterbacks on TV, you always learned that you never throw across your body, right? You, right. Never, you never roll out. Like if I'm a right-handed quarterback and I roll out to the right, don't throw back across the left side of the field. No. And that's what Felix Verdejo does with his power punches. Yeah. He's doing these fadeaways. And it's not like a Lomachenko fadeaway because what people don't realize when Lomachenko, as we, we jokingly say, when he teleports, he lands planted and fires from a planted position. Oh, yeah, and that's key. You have to sit down on that punch. And, I, yeah, I, I don't think we're seeing Verdejo do enough of that. Is it a trainer issue? There's been I, a lot of talk about that. I, I don't know, man. It, I, I, from what I understand from that relationship, it's they're like father and son. So I doubt that's going anywhere. So we'll see, man. I, I don't know what he's going to do. He's going to have to step it up because I don't think people are going to accept these, these horseshit opponents anymore. No, not that level. When, when you've had, what was this, his 23rd fight? Can we get some gatekeepers? Yeah. Can I get an old man? <laughs> yeah. An old man that once fought for a belt? Seriously. <laughs> Man, put him in with freaking Ricky Burns. He'll fight anybody. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, Isn't that who he should be fighting? That's absolutely, yeah. That would be the level of fighter that he needs to be in with. Somebody that's going to put him to the test. Yeah. Break his balls. Um, all right. So that'll do it for HBO. Um, Lomachenko and Felix Verdejo, the uh, the headliners, the top rank uh, investments in action, uh, ending their fights early. Showtime, Turning Stone Casino, Verona, New York, Ruslan Provodnikov versus John Molina. I know I predicted for this fight, Vin, that uh, Provodnikov would knock big head John Molina's head off. And what I saw was a John Molina who was listening to his trainer, didn't abandon his game plan when things got hot, and uh, just flat out boxed. I never thought I would say this in a million years, but John Molina outboxed Ruslan Provodnikov. Not that Provodnikov's a great boxer, no. but I never thought that I would say that John Molina would beat anybody by outboxing. Yeah, who knew? Who knew John Molina who, could box? The guy who ducks his head and looks at the canvas while winging overhand rights? John Molina's got a jab, Ken. I saw uh, it. Well. I mean, it's not a great jab, but it's there. <laughs> it was enough. It don't take much of a jab, apparently, to get the Ruslan Provodnikov. I, he watched I think, some Algeri Provodnikov film, didn't he? Yeah. I, look, I just think coming away from that performance, I, it was the most tame version of Provodnikov we've ever seen. No doubt. And obviously, we heard the comments after the fight from him where he's Sounds like he's starting to tune out. Yeah, he was gun-shy, too. Well, look, man, when when you've taken a pounding like him, I don't know how much money he's made. He may be well off. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know either. But do you want to keep getting punched in the face 500 times, three times a year? No. Your your style is is has one determining factor. Yeah, you have to be strong, you have to be a decent athlete, and you have to have power to fight like that. But there's one key ingredient. It's like a gasoline. It's it's like a, a car with gasoline. Without gasoline, your car does not run. Yeah, a brawler cannot be out of it a fraction of a percent mentally. They have to be dialed in and committed to their balls to the wall style. They have to go balls to the wall. They have to know. As soon as that opening bell rings, they are going to sacrifice it all on the line because they don't have the skill to win a fight any other way. And Provodnikov 
looked early in that fight as if he was not committed to putting gasoline in his vehicle. Yeah, and, and you're exactly right. A, a, a fighter with Provodnikov skill set, when that goes, you might as well hang it up because there's no point. Yeah. Because yeah. the, the only reason he was ever in any fight, even heart, fight, yeah, heart, even fights that he lost close decision, decisions on or won late, it was always heart-based. It yeah. was never skill-based, man. He just always grinded down his opponent, and if he can't do that, Forget about it. He, so you think Showtime got a shitty deal? <laughs> you think it's? I think it. Look, I think it makes perfect sense at this point in time. You try to dig up Brandon Rios. You toss Provodnikov and Rios in the ring. Everybody will watch that fight. Yeah, I'll watch it. Yeah, uh, John Molina. I gotta say, uh, we are uh, we kind of dose. Then back to the future trunks, man. Yeah, that's what it was. We pile on him a lot because he just has looked so bad recently. Um, he had some tough guy efforts in, in the in the past. But I tell you what, I was in complete shock. But against the kind of Provodnikov that... Uh, the Libyans found John Molina, Ken. The Libyans! <laughs> Run for it, Marty! <laughs> oh, man. Big One head. plutonium, that was John Molina. <laughs> Molina. All right, the co-feature. Let's get to the best fight on the card. Uh, Demetrius Andre versus Willie Nelson, or at least the best performance. Uh, Demetrius Andre, a guy that um, you know we've been high on. I know you've been uh, extremely high on on his skill set, his potential. Uh, we've always been very down on his mouth and um, inactivity. inactivity. He put on a performance against Willie Nelson, man. Willie Nelson was not prepared for what Demetrius Andre had to offer. It was a well-rounded, uh, impressive performance by Demetrius Andre. Yeah, I, I would say had uh, Lomachenko not fought on the same night, you would be talking about Andre's performance even more. Probably. Oh, Because that I, was equally impressive. I, that, that guy moved and... Look, he fought in a style that was slick as hell, but he was aggressive while he was slick. Oh, he was in the pocket. Oh, he, yeah. I, that's the best I've ever seen him look. And, I'm, and like you said, I'm high on him and, and have always known that the dude is a very skillful, skillful boxer. But I did not expect that. That was damn good, man. No, no. I, I did his accuracy, his, his punch choice. He always seemed to have the right punch for the right moment. He was really effective with that uppercut. He would throw that uppercut, and then he would wheel around and be on the other side of the opponent. Um, but Willie was a little stiff, though, wasn't he? That's what I was just about to say, is we have to also take into consideration who he was fighting. Well, I think that first-round knock, knockdown, it, it, you, let's just say he doesn't get knocked down in the first round. I the fight would have been a lot different. I think that knockdown took him out of the fight immediately. He, and he just had, he was in survival mode, stand there in the guard and, and, and try not to get finished. And he ended up getting finished. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all around a really, really solid performance, man. Impressive. Demetrius Andre um, has a well-rounded bag of tricks and a 154 pound division that he's kind of on the outside looking in because he's not associated with the Al Heyman controlled division. A division in which guys dodge each other, which guys are friends, which guys train in the same gym. Um, let's skip the bullshit and let's just put him and J-Rock in the ring. <laughs> well, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, you know, Demetrius Andre sits in position where, you know, he's going to have a shot at a title here, but is it going to be the shot that we want to see? Um, you know, the Charlo brothers uh, in control of the WBC and the IBF, Arizona DeLara, the WBA, uh, Liam Smith, the WBO. I would favor him to win every single one of those fights because the movement, staying in the pocket, aggressiveness, punch combinations, power, accuracy is all. He, he wins every single one of those uh, categories against every single fighter in the division, including, including Erzlandi Lara. 
I think he would school Lar. I, I think, yeah, I, I'd be right with you on all that. What if, uh, what if he's able to get Cotto into the ring somehow? I think it's a good fight. I just think Andre's too big and too strong. I, think I, it, I, think I agree. It, I think he beats him up. I, I think he'd be able to finish Cotto too, man. I think he would embarrass Liam Smith. Um, oh yeah. I think the uh, Jamal Charlo fight would be pretty good. I yeah, it'd be entertaining as hell. That would be the best. That would him, Ch- Jamal Charlo and J Rock would be the best opponents for him. Yeah, I just don't think Erzlandi Lara. I think he slowed down. Well, who cares? It's Erzlandi Lara. Yeah. Uh, why am I talking about him? <laughs> Sorry, man. Sorry, man. Don't ever do that. Forgive me. You're in my house. We don't. We don't. We don't talk that shit around here. Yeah. Forgive me. Forgive me. I almost put you to sleep. <laughs> um, no. Imp- uh, impressive performance by Demetrius Andre. A lot of possibilities here. He, look, my one dose of skepticism here. Let's get in the ring again here in the next uh, four or five months because. If, if, if this drags out and he doesn't fight again for another year, I'm going to be feeling the same way I felt before this impressive performance. And guess what? This impressive performance will have meant nothing. Yeah, and uh, you have to build upon that. The strike while the iron is hot bit. Yeah. Yeah, do that, please. Stop telling me you're going to unify six divisions. Right. And let's get to the next fight first. I, yeah, I don't want to hear your seven-year career plan. Let's yeah. just show me. All of that, and that is very fair with his track record. Yeah. That conversation is extremely fair. Oh, absolutely. And honest. Demetrius Andrade, get in the ring because uh, we really, really need to see some more of what we saw against Willie Nelson because that was was good shit, man. Yeah, you're doing yourself and the sport a disservice, man, because you're one of the best damn fighters out there. To be continued. Yeah. Dejan Zlati Cannon, old Zlati Divac, taking on Franklin Mamani. My boy. In a lightweight contest, man, this thing. uh, Mamani had, had a little bit of heart. He did. He was winging some shots. He did, but he ate a couple lefts. Yeah, but didn't Zadi Cannon's finishing move kind of seem like a, like Mortal Kombat esque? It did. Just seemed like he was going to murder him. Like as soon as this fight ended, he was probably going to knock Mamani's head off. Why wouldn't they just hand the belt to Zadi Cannon? Well, I mean, the, this or fight... put in somebody that 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 at least has a fucking reputation. Yeah. Put in somebody that has at least had a career and is a has been. Yeah. This guy's a never will be. Yeah. A hapless, hopeless case. I mean, he was a two week replacement or whatever it was. Two, Fighting three. for a title. Yeah. You kind of just probably should have given the belt to Zlotty Cannon, called this a sparring session, and keep it moving. What do you think about your boy Zlotty? Hey, dude, I think his left looks as powerful as ever. I think he's just as scary a fighter as he was the last time I watched him. And I think we're seeing with the with the fight announcement that just happened today with Crowley and Linares, Linares doing himself a little ducking. <laughs> you think so? Oh, he's ducking. You drop your belt, and Zlatty Cannon fights for the interim belt. The fight was signed. You broke your hand or your wrist or whatever the hell happened. You're healthy, but now you're fighting Anthony Crowley? But it's for a title, Vin. That's how they sell it. Well, he's ducking Zlatty. And I don't blame him. Zlatty. I don't know what. Look, Zlatty's going to put him to sleep when they fight. Well, I disagree, but I think there's a potential that he could put him to sleep. But, you know, look. If it, if 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 it was somebody else, I would probably be that skeptical. Yeah. But Lenares is is universally thought of to be the best one thirty five. Oh, on absolutely. The, on the planet, Zlatan's got to prove it. Still. Yeah. So for him to go from one guy that just basically became a paper champion to fighting Anthony Kralla in England for a lot of money, which is going to be a huge fight. Oh yeah. Which I would say right now, if I was the odds maker in Vegas, I would put him at minus four fifty for that fight. Against Kralla. I mean, dude, Kralla's a dog. Kralla can win that fight because Lenar is as chinny as hell. Yeah. But when it comes down to boxing skill, length, size, 
He's the best fighter in the division. And he can go 12 rounds, and he can fight 12 hard rounds. Risk-reward at this point in Linares' career, it makes sense to, if you want to call it dodging and ducking, and I'm not yeah. going to argue with you if that's what you think. I understand what he's doing. Right, but at least he's not going to Franklin Mamani. No, no, you're right. You know, he's fighting Anthony Kralla. Yeah. And Kralla's got the balls and has just got enough little young, dumb, and full of cum to jump in the ring with Linares. He thinks, you know, 11-month layoff, coming off an injury. It's a huge fight. It makes way more money for Lenars. It makes perfect sense. It, it's it, going to be an awesome it, fight. If, yeah. Oh, I can't wait for the fight. If you don't make that decision as him in your career, you're an idiot. Zlati will get his shot, dude. He'll get it. Yeah, I know it's coming. He's just, he's just one of these he's guys. He's not marketable. It's like, what, I want to fight a guy that nobody knows right. who they are? You, and where my you, ass where do you put that fight? <laughs> <laughs> On the co-feature of a... a King Kong Ortiz fight? No. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Um, all right, so that'll do it for the post fight from Showtime HBO. One fight preview card, Andrew Funfara versus Joe Smith. When this was announced, I think there was a universal confusion because <laughs> everybody just assumed that this was going to be on NBC Sportsnet at like 3 o'clock yeah. on a Saturday. But no, they're putting Andrew Funfara, who is a legitimate, worthy uh, contender, one of the top light heavyweights in the world, has, has proven himself in the ring against the very best mm-hmm. to be a legitimate fighter. Now they're throwing him on a PBC on NBC prime time card against Joe Smith. Who the who, who's Joe Smith? Couldn't tell you, Ken. How did this make its way to PBC on NBC? Guess what? They, they don't have, no have the money to pay the fighters that they want to put on there. The bank is empty, my friend. Somebody had to pay Bob Arum off, right? Yeah. Who pay? You think that came out of Heyman's pocket? That came from a, what was left in the chest, buddy. <laughs> so you're getting Joe Smith, and then I don't. I, I'm not even going to attempt to remember the cards that were announced for ESPN today for the the rest of their PBC fights. You wouldn't know two fighters out of the twelve that you named to me. That no, way. there's more unknown fighters there than in th- than in three weeks. Broke three consecutive weeks weeks of ESPN Friday Night Fights. Uh, I, you know, I don't want to sit here and, and you know toot my own horn and your horn and say, ah, we fucking told you, PBC, then you, you retards. Can, then you can toot my horn anytime you want. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> but, yeah, dude, look. this I don't even understand why we need to see this. It, this does nothing for Fanfara. Nobody's going to be watching this fight, so nobody. the only people watching will be absolute retard diehards. Yeah, yeah, because there's nothing else fight-wise on this weekend. No. Juan Carlos Payano versus Rishi Warren. I don't really care about this fight. I, I you know, no, whatever. Um, Erickson Lubin, we do care about. Yes, one of the best prospects in boxing returns to the ring. I will have my eye on Erickson Lubin. Oh, yeah, because look, he is so exciting to yeah, watch. I, you, you wish he was two years more advanced because he'd be in the mix with with the guys at the top of one fifty four. You toss him in with those boys. That that is a super super talented group of fighters, man. Which I think all are moving to 160 at one point. So does Golovkin hang around for that for those young up and comers from 154? Bring them. I yeah. don't know. Hey, there'd be some great fights, I think. Yeah, most definitely, man. Most definitely. So uh, we'll keep you posted on Erickson Lubin and uh, any of the top prospects in boxing. Um, we'll definitely do a post fight for that one uh, for sure. So some news and notes: Christoph Golovkin, Alexander Usyk, camps yes. avoid. The purse bid, and they have reached agreement before it goes to bid for a fight in Poland on September 17th. This moves straight to the top of the fight that I am most looking forward to. Absolutely. This is, yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. I've marked my calendar. This is the one fight 
for the remainder of this year that I am I'm zeroed in on, man. This is going to be an unbelievable fight and the crowning of a dude that I think is seriously in two or three years going to be not only the best cruiserweight in the world and will have been for a while at that point, but I think he's going to introduce himself to the American public because this dude's a character. Oh, yeah, man. I think he has the potential in that two or three year time span that you just spoke of um, to become one of probably the five or ten best fighters in the world. Because yeah. I already think skill wise, he is <laughs> he's got the he's got all the tools in his bag. The man. performances speak for themselves and he's a character on top of it. This guy will sell. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, July 16th, Deontay Wilder versus you called it, Vin, old Chris Nips, Chris Ariola, WBC heavyweight championship on the line. I will give Deontay Wilder a pass from the bashing on I this won't. one because I, and and this is why because I will I will crush this fight as far as the fight is concerned <laughs> but the opponent dude you knew as well as I did when the whole PBC thing got all signed up and Al Heyman was signing all these fighters Chris Chris Ariola is one of Heyman's very first clients that he ever had in boxing okay his loyalty to him you knew this fight was coming at some point oh you yeah you knew it was coming yeah. He gets a free pass from the WBC to take another voluntary. And, dude, we shouldn't be surprised that it's Chris Ariola. This fight is going to be an absolute massacre. But the funny part is is that Chris Ariola is – I guess it just speaks to Deontay Wilder's actual level of, like, where he is in his career. Do you think he's a threat? He's got a puncher's chance. I mean, I've seen Deontay Wilder do the dance from fucking Eric Ru- – uh, 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 was it Eric Ruiz? Yeah, no, it was, uh, was it John Ruiz? No. John Ruiz? Pete Ruiz? Eric Molina? Uh, Pablo Molina. No. Who was it? John Molina. Eric Molina. Eric Duhapas? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That, look, I don't, I, don't give him, I don't give him a fucking pass, man. I really don't, because I, I get it, that your Pavetkin fight fell apart, which, uh, if you ask me, I don't think he won it in the first place. He was getting paid and probably going to lose, and they were going to take their money and run. Fine, but Chris Ariola did not deserve this shot. You have fighters in Bryant Jennings, Kubrat Pulev. I don't give a shit. Throw Antonio Tarver in there. Just not Chris Ariola, because he is a disaster <laughs> and has been for five years. He has no skill. He's this rugged. He's tough as hell. And there's nothing not to like about him. At, you know, on a, when you hear him talk after the fights, and he, he seems like a fucking awesome guy, but. He does not belong fighting for heavyweight championships against a guy that still to this fucking day and after this fight on July 17th, you know what Deontay Wilder will be still an unproven heavyweight champion. And he's been one for almost fucking two years. Yeah. He's an unproven fighter, period. Can't argue with you, man. I can't argue with you. And guess what? Just to go ahead and screw things up even more to even throw more shade on a highly criticized career of Deontay Wilder. What does his sham promoter, Luda Bella, do? Files a $5 million lawsuit to basically make sure that the Povetkin fight never happens again. Of course. You knew that was going to happen. If you did not have your eyes open to how this fight was made and even the article that Hauser wrote that, that gave us a look in inside of what those negotiations were and the type of shit they were trying to pull. Wilder wanted no part of this, but he would take part in it if it was a 
how many five six million dollar payday that's a that's life-changing money that's three fights if al pays you your whatever he gets two mil or 1.5 mil a fight i don't even know what he makes why wouldn't you do it it makes sense at that point a loss eh, you, you still have a fight with anthony joshua after that that'll get you paid huge again so it made sense but he never wanted it and it that that you telling me that i didn't know that yeah that just cements it. Yeah. Period. Yep. It, it's not happening. No. So are they going to give him another voluntary after this one? Or are they going to make somebody else a mandatory? Somebody's going to have to fight Ortiz at some point. Look, I agree with your points on, yeah, it should not be Chris Ariola. No. Right? But at, look. It's reg- a name. That's why. Regardless, this has happened a million times in boxing where a fight hasn't happened for whatever reason and the party that's either not hurt or didn't test positive for steroids or wasn't the cause of the fight being canceled, they get a soft touch because their excuse is that, oh, I'm already in shape and it's not my fault that I didn't get the fight. Right. But now we'll never see Wilder versus Pavekian. And we get Wilder versus Chris, Chris Nips on July 16th on the PBC on Fox. And, of course, we close the show with Vin's fight of the year um, I think as soon as this was announced, you said it was going to be fight of the year. Yeah. I think you, you haven't stopped talking about it. You keep texting me about it, and you keep sending me gifts and pictures and all <laughs> kinds of stuff about it. Um, that new Jay Leon love shirt you have, dude, it's way too small. Oh, I don't care. What? <laughs> you think I give a shit, son? <laughs> and my Chavez is a triple X <laughs> for sure. Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. versus Jay Leon Love. This is absolutely pointless is this going to be on tv i uh, yeah probably it'll be a pbc on on discovery <laughs> channel you know i i don't even know what to say pbc about this fight, on man. telemundo who knows this is like is this real i don't know did you man. make this up no no you can't i thought it. i saw it earlier vince, but was it i thought somebody was fucking around vince you can't make this shit up you know <laughs> fucking what a terrible fight man what an absolutely <laughs> horrible fight what what there's no redeeming quality from either one of those fighters that would make you want to sit down and watch them fight. Who fucking cares? Move on. Both of you, stop fighting. <laughs> You're not, you can't be making that much money. I'm sure Chavez is still. That train has got to be coming to an end. And Jay Leon Love. Don't all trains that fucking wreck come to an end? I thought he was already a train wreck. Uh, yeah, I don't. They, this guy's got fucking nine lives, man. <laughs> Oh, Jay that, that name will get you a long way. In this the sport is going of boxing. to be an ugly fight. Oh, absolutely. Jay Leon Love will probably win a decision, a decision because <laughs> fucking Chavez is a retard. He stomps forward and does nothing. He throws no punches. It's like you're an aggressive fighter, but you're not. Do you, do you throw punches? Do you throw enough to actually be aggressive or do you just stomp forward Basically, a super middleweight, Ruslan Provodnikov. Oh, I'd pick Provodnikov over Chavez. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll leave it at that. No sense in uh, dragging that out because that's just going to get – that's going nowhere fast. No. 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 <laughs> All right. Ben, episode 120 in the books. In the books, brother. Time to uh, fade off into the distance. Um, we will have a preview show next week. Post fight will be very big fights. Very, big fights. Yes, the twenty fifth is uh, is loaded in action packed. We'll look here through the schedule real quick. But um, when we return for episode one twenty one, then and myself will be previewing, of course, 
the fight that we've been waiting for for two years. That's finally going to get here. Thurman and Porter, then. That thing's got a, a steam trail behind it, doesn't it? Man, that thing expired, I think, a year ago. Was that just the turd? Uh, who knows? Who knows? Everybody's covered in it, then. <laughs> Jesus Cuellar, Abner Mares, of course, Anthony Joshua, Dominic Brazil, George Groves, Martin Murray from across the pond, and Chris Eubank Jr. challenging himself against at Dazzling Durant. <laughs> but we'll bring you the preview uh, next week on episode 120. You've been listening to the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast here on theboxingrant.com. For my co-host Vince Cummings, so you can follow on Twitter, at VinceCummings81, I'm Kenny Keith. Follow me, at Kenny Keith Jr. And be sure to subscribe to the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes today, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spreaker. Subscribe to the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast today. So until next week, we bid you good evening and enjoy boxing this weekend. And we'll be back with episode 121 on the pound for pound king of boxing podcasts, the tale of the tape. Muchas gracias, everybody. <laughs>